Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Boxing Day, Happy Holidays. Welcome into the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Wargle, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat writer for Rivals.com. This is a quickie edition of the podcast today. I'm out on location for the Christmas holiday. I'm sure like many of you are too, whether you're traveling back or you're hunkered down in your homes. Hope everyone had a joyous holiday season. As many of you were opening Christmas presents and refilling that eggnog, Wisconsin basketball was delivering a victory in East Lansing, Michigan for the first time in 16 years. And considering all the things that are going on next week with the Dukes Mayo Bowl, Wisconsin and Wake Forest on Wednesday, Wisconsin basketball playing Maryland on Monday, Wisconsin basketball playing Minnesota on New Year's Eve. We just couldn't wait. We had to you know, hop on the podcast here and talk about this huge victory uh, in East Lansing on Christmas morning. And in this episode, you're going to hear from Greg Gard, Nate Reavers, and Demetri Trice about this big victory. This was a huge win for Wisconsin. This was kind of a watershed moment in a lot of ways for the Badgers, at least in my eyes. I mean, Wisconsin was certainly ranked number nine in the country coming into this game. The only loss, that last second loss to Marquette, their only road game up until this point this season. But I I really didn't know how good this team was. Yes, they beat up on uh, a bad Louisville team, or I should say a a Louisville team that was injury-plagued without their best player. Louisville just whipped up on Kentucky today to drop the Wildcats to their worst start since the early 1900s, shed a tear for John Calipari. And Wisconsin beat up on Rhode Island, and they beat Loyola of Chicago, and, you know, they had a terrific... Uh, victory over Nebraska considering they started one from 16 from the field and did a lot of good things defensively and offensively over the course of the last 30 minutes to kind of put that game away but Wisconsin really hadn't delivered a quality win in my opinion there hadn't been one game that you could point to and say yeah that that's the game that shows me that Wisconsin has the potential to be a very good team in 2020 2021 and uh, For me, Friday was that moment where Wisconsin found a way, despite being down nine early in the second half, came back and beat the Spartans, like I said, for the first time since 2004. That was a streak of 12 consecutive losses at the Breslin Center, and it was an 85-76 victory. It was a triumph that came from a senior point guard in Demetri Trice playing one of the best games of his career, a supporting cast chipping in with some timely offensive and defensive plays, defensively down the stretch, Wisconsin really locked in and played terrific. And the Badgers overcame a career game from a former five-star recruiting target twice over. And, you know, there's been a lot of reasons why Wisconsin has struggled to defeat Michigan State in East Lansing over the last 16 years and really anywhere on the planet over the last five seasons. Remember, Wisconsin had lost eight straight against the Spartans before last year's triumph that really sparked Wisconsin to a Big Ten regular season championship. In those 12 defeats, the Badgers had suffered at the Breslin Center entering Christmas. The one kind of constant was the lack of three-point shooting. Wisconsin had gone to combine 68 for 252. That's 27% for three-point range. In the eight losses from 2015 until that victory last February, The Badgers were 39 for 155. That's 25.2% from three-point range. And they never made more than six three-pointers. Now, when Wisconsin broke its eight-game losing streak to the Spartans, Wisconsin was eight for 25. That's still 32%, but still at least a couple more three-pointers went in. 
Now, entering this game, Michigan State was the second worst in the Big Ten at defending the three-point shot. They were allowing opponents to shoot over 35%, and they ranked 12th in the league in overall field goal percentage defense at 41.3%. Kind of a rarity for Michigan State to kind of be lax defensively, kind of what happens when the Spartans have to replace some pretty good players like Cassius Winston. And UW took advantage. They were 6 of 11 three-point shooting in the first half. The Badgers made only two in the second half, but the threat of that perimeter shot helped them spread the floor and create some low post opportunities, especially for Nate Reavers, one of the stars of the game who really came alive late. Uh, of UW's final six field goals, five were scored in the low post, with Wisconsin finishing with 28 points in the lane. That's a rarity for Wisconsin, for those that have been following this team closely. Michigan State, usually with their tremendous length and size, Wisconsin usually settles for those perimeter shots. This game, they made them early, opened things up, and they were able to finish inside. Some real good, solid inside play from Micah Potter, Nate Reavers, Demetri Trice, Johnny Davis. A lot of really big stars in this game. We'll talk about more of them in just a second. You know, the, the ball security was something that, for those that watched the game, started off very sloppy early. Wisconsin had four turnovers in each of its first four possessions, and they had five turnovers in about the first four minutes. But after that, the Badgers had only one turnover in its final 31 possessions of the first half after that four turnover start and just two turnovers in the second half and as usual Wisconsin made sure its defense continued to ignite the offense Wisconsin scored 14 points off seven Michigan State turnovers in the first half and another seven turnovers in the second half for another 14 points 28 points of 14 Michigan State turnovers for Wisconsin and the Badgers shot 53.6% in the first half, which is remarkable considering they were 1-for-16 against Nebraska, got the three-point shot falling down, really did some really positive things offensively. But the problem was the Badgers were tied at halftime because their defense wasn't as sharp. Spartans shot 58.6% in the first half and really didn't make a lot of threes. They just really were consistent and efficient offensively. And then when Wisconsin's offense kind of sputtered out of the locker room, uh, for the second half, Michigan State started three for six with two offensive rebounds and five second chance points off those to kind of build that lead. You kind of had the oh, here we go moment. But, you know, Wisconsin tightened up defensively. Seven for 22, Michigan State finished the game from that point forward. Just four offensive rebounds for three second chance points. UW made shots tougher around the rim. They limited the three-point opportunity, 7-for-11 Michigan State finish, and they committed just 16 fouls all game to keep the Spartans mostly off the line. I mentioned the five-star, uh, former five-star target Wisconsin twice missed. That was Joey Hauser. Hauser was tremendous, 27 points. He was 7-of-9 shooting, 10-for-11 from the free-throw line. He really didn't miss until there was about eight minutes left in the game. But the Badgers limited the rest of the roster, just 41.7% shooting was Wisconsin, uh, what, what they limited Michigan State to. Uh, you looked at the second half, the Badgers also cut down on the transition opportunities, just zero second points in the second half after six in the first half, points in the paint, 10 down from 18, all of which results in Michigan State just 35.7% in the second half as a team, making one field goal in the final minutes. But it, you can't just win games defensively. You have to put the ball in the hoop. And there's a lot of players in this game that you could point to and saying they had a big moment in this game. Wisconsin just played eight players, but of those eight, all of them had uh, substantial moments in this game. You know, Demetri Trice obviously is the star of this game. He gets criticized a lot for 
being sometimes more content distributing rather than kind of taking over games at times. He's done it in parts, did against uh, Michigan last year in a big road win for Wisconsin. And when the team needed him the most in this game, he became the igniter. Trice, 29 points. That were, that's obviously big. But the senior scored 13, uh, the first 13 points in the second half by hitting from the perimeter. He attacked the lane, something he doesn't do that often. And he knocked down free throws to help erase that nine-point lead. But beyond that, you know, Aline Ford got Wisconsin going early. He scored UW's first seven points and made an athletic uh, save going out of bounds, really behind his back towards the basket that landed in the arms of Trice. And Trice made a uh, full, basically a three-quarter court pass down to Johnny Davis at the rim for a big bucket. Micah Potter, 11 points, six rebounds, and a career-high five assists. He's quickly becoming, in my opinion, Wisconsin's best player and someone that really the offense kind of feeds through. Uh, but, you know, it could be uh, up for debate who the best player on this team is with the play of Trice with assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, certainly Potter, you know, Brad Davison, four assists and no turnovers. He drew a critical charge late with under four minutes to go on Aaron Henry that got the ball back to Wisconsin. Nate Reavers has really been struggling with this two-point shot all season, but he scored all eight of his points in the final seven and a half minutes and delivered some big defensive plays, some big blocks at the rim. Then the three off the bench, Johnny Davis, seven points. He's fearless attacking the rim and just is such a good natural player that just provides that energy, that lift off the bench. Four points and four rebounds from Tyler Wall. He really settled down in the second half after kind of looking lost in the pick-and-roll game that Michigan State was running against him. And then Trevor Harrison doesn't really put up a lot of points statistically, but the offense just hums differently when he's in. You could put him at the point and move guys to the two. You can mix and match different lineups. Just really solid up and down for Wisconsin this game. And, you know, some some stats to talk about here uh, from this victory. Wisconsin 8-1 and one now in the season. That's their best start since opening 2018-2019 with the same record. They're 2-0 and in Big Ten play for the third time under head coach Greg Gard. They've registered their first road win of the season and improved to 28-29 and 29 all-time in road games under guard. They've won four of its last six road games against AP top 25 teams. Uh, the 85 points they scored are the most in a road win over a ranked team in school history. Uh, 10th straight Big Ten win uh, for Wisconsin dating back to last season. That's the team's longest conference win streak since 2014-2015. You know, I mentioned the 85 points. The 85 points are the most Wisconsin scored against Michigan State since 1994. That's the most points they've scored ever in the Breslin Center and the most they've scored at Michigan State since 1976. I mentioned that nine-point deficit they erased. That's their largest comeback win since they trailed by nine with about 10 minutes to go last year at Indiana. That coming back to win to get a share of the Big Ten regular season championship. 51.9% shooting from the field. That's their fourth game this season, shooting over 50%. They were 23 for 30 from the free throw line. That's their second highest single game total of the season. And I mentioned the turnovers, just seven in the game. Wisconsin entered the game ranked third in the nation, averaging just 8.5 turnovers per game, and now have committed 11 or fewer turnovers in 27 consecutive games. Greg Gard, this is another big victory for him. He's now 109-58 at Wisconsin, 61-35 in Big Ten play. That ranks sixth among Big Ten coaches of the last 40 years since 1980. Let's hear from head coach Greg Gard, who got a surprise gift when he entered the locker room, got doused with water from his players. They knew how big of a win this was for 
for guard against one of his mentors in Tom Izzo. And this is a big road win for Wisconsin and a big team win for the Badgers. Heck of a Christmas afternoon here. I tell you, just so proud of our guys, uh, how they persevered, how they battled. Uh, heck of a college basketball game. I don't know what it looked like on TV or watching it back in Madison or Wisconsin, but uh, um, you know, two really good teams that kept going back and forth at it. Um, proud of how we were able to respond. You know, we started first nine possessions, four for four, but it had five turnovers. And I thought once we settled in a little bit, we were better. Uh, but de- defensively, uh, we got a little bit better in the second half uh, after that first run where they got out to the nine-point lead. I think we figured some things out defensively a little bit and got them to take some tougher shots and, and got them to miss some of those, obviously. But, uh, you know, offensively got uh, a lot of contributions at different times. Trice was obviously terrific down the stretch. Uh, Nate Reavers I thought was really good the last 10 minutes. He really got going. Um, but everybody that played, lean forward, I thought played really well. Um he, Trevor even again came in both halves. I obviously got in there early uh, when I made a, a sub early with Trice, but uh, just got us going a little bit offensively both times. Even though he's you know only takes one shot, but it was just the aggressiveness that we started to play with, and and you, and you have to play that way against them because obviously they're pretty um, you know a unit that can score pretty quickly and come at you in a lot of ways. So just like I said, just really proud of the team. Um, they doused me with water, so I had to change my mask. I'm going to have to change everything here before we jump on the plane. But, uh, um, you know, like I said, a great great Christmas afternoon. Greg, uh, Meech really got you going at an important time in the second half when it was kind of slipping away. I think you guys got down nine at one point. Um, can, you, can you just maybe discuss his poise, especially in the second half? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, obviously he was a little – a little fresher because he had, had rested a little bit more in the first half, but we got him in some positions and some ball screens, I think. And I have to look at exactly my uh, from the things I remember calling and what we were running in that time. It put him at the two. Uh, I think he was there with Trevor at, at times, and um, you know, got in the middle ball screen and was able to make some decisions. And um, you know, we were able to also get some things a little bit, draw some fouls, and get to the bonus pretty quick. So that was huge that we as we shoot 30 free throws. So that was important. But, yeah, he, he was able to get downhill and some ball screens and got some confidence going and, you know, hit a couple pull-ups and some other things. So, and obviously he was at the line there a fair amount down the stretch. So it was good to see him get going. Obviously this is big for him with, with his brother playing here. and Family was here today. His mom and dad were here in the, in the stands. So I'm happy for him to, to really play well. Greg, I know it's just one game. What's – maybe more satisfying that you had to come back from an early deficit in the half, that this streak is finally over, or just the manner in which you guys played, getting contributions from basically everyone that you, you turned yeah. to today. Yeah, I think just how we played. You know, we didn't talk about the streak. They, you know, that's that's we've never talked about it. If we have one going in our direction, not, I mean, it's it's been 16 years because they've been really good. You know, and we've had some really good teams come in here and um, but, uh, you know, I, I thought how we handled, you know, we were able to get, again, Trice got us going. We were down nine. Um, got a, I think we scored back-to-back possessions and got a little confidence going. And then, um, like I said, just the contributions. I, I, every single person there that played, all eight of those guys, um, you know, gave us sparks and made important plays. At, at You know, all they're all important, but I, I thought it was just, Time after time again, guys were making big plays, and Aleem's save on the on a uh, when he jumped towards the score table, threw it back towards the basket, and we were able to get a possession there. Um, just just a lot of effort plays that you need 
Uh, obviously, it was a pretty high-paced game and uh, a lot of scoring. So we were trying to find a way to, you know, they were trying to guard us and we were trying to guard them. And, um, you know, fortunately, we were able to get a little separation there at the end. Y'all had those early turnovers, right, for four, like right in the first few minutes, and then, you know, really took care of the ball well the rest of the way. Just what changed or how were you able to kind of settle down as quickly as you did after that early start? Well, just make better decisions. I mean, I don't think we did anything different um, other than make better decisions. Um, I, whether they were a little, you know, tight, um, you know, or uh, anxious, bad. But I think just our decisions. You know, like I said, it was five turnovers in the first nine possessions, and then we only turned it over twice the rest of the game. So that was uh, that was big. You know, we we know we have to take care of the ball, and but uh, like I said, we just settled down offensively. Calm down, you know. We were it was only two nothing uh, at the point, so, so we were able to do some decent things defensively, and it was just both teams trying to figure each other out. You know, you, you think you know what they're going to be like, but uh, you know, as much as you emulate it in practice, uh, you can't replicate the transition. So it takes a few reps to get settled in and, and uh, comfortable with how you're going to guard that. Um, I thought we were better the second half. We gave up, I think, eight points in the first half. I don't think we gave up any in the second half in transition. So, uh, But that also helps by, you know, we shoot, what, 21 free throws in the second half. So we're at the line. We got to the bonus. Um, that helps um, stymie some of that transition if we can set our defense. You mentioned effort plays. Uh, Michigan State's not always the easiest team to score inside on, but that's where you got most of your production late down the stretch. Uh, just talk about the willingness of your guys to be aggressive and to attack the lane and convert. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought Nate Reavers played really well and for what it was the last eight, ten minutes. I know I was kind of, um, you know, yo-yo and Micah back in there too from some offense-defense things late. But I thought Nate got going. He really struggled early and was kind of non-existent. And then uh, that last ten minutes, he really showed up. We got him some deep post touches. Um, we were able to spread the floor and then find him at the end of some action, so that was good. Uh, you know, Johnny Davis uh, made some plays for us. I mean, everybody did. I mean, like I said, I, I can't can't go through, look at this whole score sheet and not think of plays and, and contributions that everybody made, which is a mark of a good team. The mark of a good team that, you know, you're down nine on the road against a really good team and, and you find a way to battle back. And, uh, you know, we've, we've done it, you know, and you know, we're better the second half. We hold them a 35% shooting. Um, after we were so dominating defensively, they shot almost 59% the first half, it looks like. But, uh, um, you know, just, I think, figured out how we were going to have to guard them. Um, they put you in a lot of different precarious situations. And then offensively, play inside out as much as we can. And, uh, that, like I said, once we got going, we settled in and, and did a good job of that. It was more or less, can we, we got to make sure we're defending and rebounding was the most important conversations that were held in those huddles. What does a win like today's show for you guys? The streak aside for how long it took to win here, just shot for shot with a great Michigan State team, a really talented team, and defensively as always, but offensively, guys showing up late like Nate when he needed them to. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great team win. It's a mark of a really, really good team. And, you know, I thought that even Tuesday night against Nebraska, uh, an average team starting one for 16 crumbles and says it's not our night and find that group this group found a way knowing that hey we got to anchor on the defensive end you know and today it was a little more the other way like hey we can score but we we got to try to find a way to slow them down a little bit so um yeah i mean it was like i said just a great team win as i mentioned before we, we don't talk about the streaks 
because um, it, it's irrelevant. Um, doesn't matter. Um, so whether it was a streak in our favor or a streak not in our favor, uh, you, you have to play this game. And then what mattered most was these 40 minutes. And like I said, this that's what I'm proud of these guys that they found a way when you know when um, got off to a little slow starter in the second half too. You know, they got 51-42, I think, out of the gate, and we were the battle back. And knowing that's 40 minutes and play every possession as well as you can. Greg, you mentioned Nate. Um, he's been scuffling a little bit, but that stretch in the second half. Did you did you think that's just a matter of him slowing down and and being able to execute a little bit better because he's yeah. And I think matter of us finding it in some pretty high percentage areas too. You know, we were able to spread the floor and then most of those speeds came from the top and with the floor spread. So he was able to play one-on-one in there a little bit easier. Um, and then got, you know, he got a couple friendly, friendly rolls too. Got some confidence going. Um, got to the free throw line. That was important. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they obviously came up big at the end. He had block shot there late and secured a couple rebounds. So, um, it was it was good. I mean, he showed up when seniors show up. When it was the game was it was crunch time, and, and we needed to step on the gas a little bit to get some separation and and start to put it away. Uh, he made some big plays for us and got some big buckets. Yeah, Greg. I know everybody contributed, but what is Davison? What did Davison give you today on both ends of the court? It seems to be a continuation of his recent play. You know, you can hear so much more in the communication here with no fans in the stands that so I can hear things that I normally don't even hear in a normal environment. But his his communication and his quarterbacking of people on the floor, specifically on the defensive end, um, you know, I can hear him all the way at the other end of the floor. So just that 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 leadership, I think, is a big thing. You know, it even started the second half. I thought he didn't have a good start. So I went to Johnny right away. Um, and, and once he came back in, he settled down a little bit too. But, uh, you know, it's just a, a group that understands they don't care who it is. They just, whichever of those eight or if we have to go deeper, um, you know, they're just willing to contribute. And like I said, we had one point there, we we're making a pretty good run. And I got my two starting guards sitting on the bench, Trice and Davison. So, like I said, just this group is starting to figure out, just keep adding to what we're doing, keep contributing, keep positively in. Uh, you know, influencing the outcome, and and then when your turn comes back, if you don't, you know, if you need a break, then then jump back into the positive column. And, and Brad did that. Both Brad and Trice, both they both started. Me started the first half, not really in sync, so I sat him down for a little bit. He came back, and he was better. And Brad started the second half, not quite. I didn't think he was quite in tune with where what we were doing, and you know, take a little break. Um, and Johnny picked us up, and. And uh, Brad got back in there and, and made some good things happen. As you kind of heard there, Guard never really talks about streaks, good or bad, and you know never really brought up that it's been almost 16 years, uh, had been 16 years between the victories in, in East Lansing. The, but the players knew it was big. And, and, and you look at this veteran team that Wisconsin has, every sense of the word they are, five senior stars, another senior, and Trevor Anderson coming off the bench. You know, having played together for so long, Wisconsin was able to kind of weather a storm for the second game in a row, chip its way back into the game. You know, getting to the bonus with 8.08 remaining was critical, especially against Michigan State. And you go 14 from 18 from the line over the stretch and made the work into the bonus all that more worthwhile. And, you know, I, I mentioned too, they didn't panic. They didn't panic when they went down one for 16. Guard mentioned this too against Nebraska. And they didn't panic in this game either, and I think that's the mark of a really good team. So let's hear from two of the stars of the game, 
first Nate Reavers, and then Demetric Trice. I heard you doused, uh, you guys doused Coach Guard in the uh, locker room after. Is that just kind of a sign that this is a big win? I know it's early in the season, but you hadn't won here in a long time. Um, is that a sign that you're very satisfied with this one? Yeah, I mean, especially on the road in the Big Ten, it's tough to win, especially against Michigan State, too. I think that's probably one of the toughest places to win at, and as you can see, history shows that. Um, you know, they're a very good team, and uh, it's, that's a good step forward for us to win that game. Yeah, Nate, obviously you played much better down the stretch in the second half than you did in the first half. What's the key if if you're not doing things individually as well as you like in the first half to stay focused and to be able to come out in the second half and contribute? Yeah, I mean, if I'm not scoring or, like, in the first half there, just staying locked in defensively, that's the best way to help the team. Uh, get the ball moving, uh, talking, getting the guys motivated. Uh, and then just when your opportunities come, just make the most of them. I think I missed some good looks there at the start of the second half and then was able to get going there towards the end. Not sure if you remember this, but late in the game, there was that play where Aleem saved the ball from going out of bounds. Um, Got it back to you guys. Is that the type of plays you have to make to win on the road um, in close games? Yeah, especially getting those rebounds there at the end. Um, you know, a few times some got away from us, and they're either going to put back or kick out three. And like game like that, those will kill you. Um, yeah, Leem saved it, and then got that beach through it to Johnny there, and got that layup there. It's huge. He's got to convert our free throws there to higher rate right there down the end. So it's not so we don't give him a chance to get back in. Hey Nate, Merry Christmas. Well, what changed for you guys defensively about the last 10 minutes or so? Um, you really seemed to lock them down in a lot of different ways that they didn't have as easy of a looks, easy as looks as they had early in the game. We've been playing uh, together for a long time, so you know we're all connected there, and we knew at the end of the game we just had to lock them down for that four-minute stretch. I think we had a timeout there with about four minutes left. I think we were up four, something like that, and we knew we just had to sit down there at the end and rebound and finish the game. Yeah, Nate, I, obviously balance is one of this team's strengths, but I'm just curious how important was the play of Trice in the second half, especially after you guys went down 9, 51-42? Well, it's huge. Um, he was hitting shots, getting the rim, getting the free throw line. He's pretty much doing it all, helping us you know, stay in that game. Um, you know, They had that run, but then we were able to make a run and come right back. You don't want to, you know, if they go on that run, they keep going. Uh, you put yourself in a big hole there in that second half, so... He's got to weather the storm there. You know, they're, they're a good team, so they're, they're going to score some points, and they're going to score eight, nine in a row, and then you just got to take stuff away there at the end and just manage that. Oh, Mage, what was it like to actually be able to see your parents uh, in person today? Um, it was great. Uh, actually, both my parents came up for the Nebraska game, um, but it was a little different. They were behind glass, and I didn't really get to see them like uh, I did here today, but... It was honestly great. Um, had my older brother, um, his girlfriend, his um, child here, my sister, and my other brother. Um, then I had my grandma here, so it was just great to see them. And um, for them to travel up here and then us get the win on Christmas is a, is a big deal. Yeah, Meach, I mean, you guys have talked all season about the balance of this team, that anybody can contribute on a given night. But did you sense someone needed to take over when it got to 51-42? And you guys, because they've, You've lost to them where they've built up big leads and kind of really extended it. They weren't able to do that today. Yeah, um, and I said that after the game. Like, <clears throat> like last year they got a lead and they just kind of kept it um, starting in that second half. And the way the, the game was kind of flowing, um, we missed some open shots, but they were really good shots. And 
Um, I thought we could get to those any time. But, yeah, when it started to get pulled away a little bit, I knew somebody had to make some plays and get to the rim or make some shots. So um, it just happened to be my turn tonight. You, you mentioned before you knew someone had to take over. It was your turn. But kind of take us through that sequence because you were catch and shoot off the dribble, off the inbound, driving to the hoop. You were just in your bag for that stretch that really kind of salvaged the game when Michigan State opened up on that run. Kind of take us through that. What was it like getting into that zone and putting that run together? Yeah, and I think it's, it's super important for a shooter to see one go through. So I know I knew once um, I saw a couple go through in the first half and then um, knocked down my first one in the second half, I knew that I was, I was starting to get into a role. And then that's when you start to be a little bit more aggressive and um, as a point guard, you, you look to make plays for others, but also you just got to stay aggressive yourself. And when it, when it's my turn or anybody's turn, um, our coaches and teammates have our back on taking those shots. Meech, I believe you were the one that caught the pass that Aleem kind of saved as he was going out of bounds there with like two minutes left. Did you did you know that ball was coming to you? It seemed like he kind of just chucked it back in. And then I was curious if you knew where Johnny was before you caught it, and that was how you were able to go to him so quick. You just kind of described what you saw there and how it played out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ali made a great play. Um, normally we wouldn't want to save it back towards their basket, and Coach might bring that up in film, but it just happened to go go our way, really. And I saw once he threw it um, behind his back that somebody had to go make a play and go grab the ball, um, and it couldn't be Michigan State, and Johnny had already taken off. And I caught it, and I looked around, and I didn't see – Johnny or anybody or anybody else on our team. So I looked up the floor and I just happened to see him who was already down there. So um, I was a little hesitant to make the pass at first, but I, I figured he had enough time. Henry didn't spend a ton of time talking about the streak here, um, but it, it looked after the game like you guys were relieved, excited, all of the above. Can you just kind of describe the emotions to, to finally win here? I know it's something you guys, the seniors especially, wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, having Michigan State... Um, or winning at Michigan State it hasn't been done since 2004. So we knew that coming into the game, and we knew that with all these seniors that we wanted to get it done today. Um, I don't think we have them on the schedule um, until maybe the Big Ten tournament possibly. So we knew we wanted to get this one really bad, and um, we came out and fought. And even when we got down, um, the coaches stayed uh, firm, and our players stayed level-headed. So I think that's what really helped us propel to the win. Yeah, Meech, Michigan State's always been kind of a hard team for you guys to shoot perimeter shots against, and obviously the start that you guys had, I think, set the tone for you. Can you just kind of, what what did that start for you from the perimeter really do for you guys confidence-wise offensively? Yeah, I think, um, obviously, for any team to see shots go in early um, builds on everybody's confidence, um, not just the person who made the shot, but everybody else around them, and then everybody else starts to get involved. Um, but we had a lot of lapses um, in the first first few minutes of both halves, really, where we were turning the ball over too many times. But luckily, we were making shots. So we got to get back to the drawing board on just continuing to get good shots. And um, when, once we see one go through, we know that a few more are definitely going to be going up. What does a win like today show you about this team and what you guys are capable of? Man, um, we got a lot of heart. Um, obviously, we got a lot of experience. But... Um, it really showed today when we got down nine and we could have folded and we could have let them continue to go on a run, but we battled back and we got a lot of guys that can make a lot of plays and big time moments. Nate coming in clutch with a few blocks and a few big time post moves at the end to, to really propel us to, to get a lead. And Johnny doing his thing at lean played really well. Brad and Trevor and T-Wall all contributed 
um, at some point during the game that really helped us when we needed it. So um, it just shows our depth, um, and we're, we're never going to stop fighting no matter how much we get down. So um, we got to continue to be that hard-nosed, gritty defensive team that Wisconsin always has been. So as we stand here on Saturday night, Wisconsin is in a virtual tie for first place in the Big Ten. Really, they're a half game behind Northwestern of all teams. Northwestern, yes, the Northwestern Wildcats were three of seven, three and seventeen in the league last season. They're three and zero in the Big Ten for the first time since 1967-68 after a 71-70 victory, home victory over number 23 Ohio State. Uh, the Buckeyes looked in full control in this game, and then Northwestern just keep plugging along, plugging along um, to, to to win. And and now Northwestern has beaten Michigan State and Ohio State in back-to-back games. It's pretty darn impressive uh, for Chris Collins' group uh, trying to get things back, back in the mix. So the question is, who is the best team in the Big Ten? Is it Northwestern? I mean, Northwestern has the two most impressive victories. Michigan is also... Uh, in, in a undefeated in the league, they're two and zero. They're the only undefeated team in the Big Ten. They're seven and zero, but they're not ranked. They haven't really beaten anyone yet. Bowling Green, Oakland, Ball State, UCF, Toledo, Penn State, and Nebraska. Their two wins, and those two teams are kind of near the bottom of overall records in the Big Ten. They actually are at the bottom of overall records in the Big Ten. You know, Illinois is pretty good, but Illinois already got three losses, and you know they have a defeat uh, at Rutgers. Uh, just a three-point loss, but Illinois is you know, thought to be among the best of the team, best teams in the Big Ten. Iowa's thought to be really good, too. They're ranked fourth this week, but they just lost in overtime at Minnesota. Minnesota and Wisconsin will play each other here on New Year's Eve afternoon. Many people think the Hawkeyes are among the best teams in the Big Ten, and you certainly look at the rankings uh, by Ken Palm, adjusted offensive efficiency, Hawkeyes are number two in the country, 120.5 points per 100 possessions. That's only trailing Gonzaga. Gonzaga, another incredible, incredibly impressive victory over number 18, Virginia. I think they're 18th. They're 18th in Kempom, at least. But you look at Wisconsin, and the Big Ten, by far, is the deepest conference in the country. They have seven teams. They have half their league ranked in the top 25 of Kempom. And of those seven teams, Wisconsin's number one. They're ranked fourth. Uh, their adjusted, efe- adjusted efficiency margin is plus 26.42. That trails Gonzaga, Baylor, and Villanova. Iowa is in there too. Illinois, uh, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, and Indiana, and Rutgers are the other ones. Those are all ranked in the top 23. Michigan State really kind of nowhere to be found right now. Michigan State's got a lot of issues defensively. They're ranked 31st, but they're 64th in the country in adjusted defense. That's very un-Tom Izzo-like. And Wisconsin is the only program in the country to rank in the top 10 in both adjusted offensive efficiency and adjusted defensive efficiency. Using these metrics for those that aren't familiar with it, Adjusted offensive efficiency is points scored per 100 possessions. Wisconsin averages 113.7 points on their 100 possessions. And adjusted defense, they only give up 87.3 points. Wisconsin typically is among the nation's leaders, and they're only trailing Texas Tech, uh, Tennessee, and who's the other team? Clemson is number two right now in the country. Well, Wisconsin far and away uh, is doing things typically the Wisconsin way, and you know, 
that Iowa team is very interesting with, with Luca Garza. He gets a lot of attention, but in typical Iowa fashion, they can't defend anybody. They're, they're 91st in the country in adjusted defense, and that's going to be the issue that's going to haunt Fran McCaffrey's teams from now until the end of time is that they can't defend anybody, so they just have to score. And when they have these droughts and they miss free throws like they did against Minnesota, they're going to get into bad situations, especially when a team like Minnesota or Wisconsin or anyone catches fire. And that's what we saw. So I think a lot of people still think Iowa's the best team in the Big Ten. I don't know. I, I still, maybe it's because I, I wear rose-colored glasses a little bit and I see this Wisconsin team. I think a good defensive team can shut down a good offensive team mostly every day of the week. And, you know, Minnesota, too. Minnesota has some really good players, but Minnesota is not a defensive juggernaut. They're 59th in the country in defensive efficiency. It's just one of those things where you have the Marcus Carr just hit some really big shots, and Luka Garza did not play that well in the first half. Minnesota did some really good things defensively against Garza. It'll be interesting to see when we talk to Greg Gard later after the, the Maryland game on Monday, what kind of he thought about the way uh, Minnesota attacked uh, I was big men and how that's going to affect Wisconsin moving forward. So who's the best team in the Big Ten? Well, right now it's Northwestern. But I think if you look at all the numbers and you look at the quality of wins and you look at the metrics, it's Wisconsin. And this Badger team is just one tip in away from being undefeated this year. And where could this team go? Well, I still think there's a big divide between one and two in the country. I think Gonzaga and Baylor have separated themselves from the pack in terms of who the best teams in the country are. But in that next tier, I think Wisconsin's right there. Wisconsin's right there with Villanova. I think they're right there with uh, other talented teams around the Big Ten. But Wisconsin is going to have some, some big games coming up here. Probably not so much immediately next week. I think that Maryland game on Monday is isn't going to be as competitive as it has been in years past. Maryland's 5-3. and three. They're 0-2 in the league. They had a tough one at Purdue. The Minnesota game is going to be interesting on New Year's Eve uh, afternoon. Then they go to Penn State, Wisconsin does, to start the new year. But then the schedule is going to start to pick up a little bit. There's going to be some tougher games coming in uh, with, with Iowa. Iowa's at the end of the year, but you look at the road game at Michigan, road game at Rutgers, that those two are kind of back-to-back. Uh, separated by three days, Ohio State comes in. Big Ten's going to be a slog this year. But really that toughest stretch for me is going to be towards uh, the middle of February. Michigan at home, Iowa at home, at Northwestern, Illinois at home, at Purdue, at Iowa to end year. So kind of that last stretch of the season is going to really, I think, separate Wisconsin. But you look right now the Badgers, kind of what they've done uh, over this this nine-game stretch and kind of where they've improved from last year. Certainly, Micah Potter is now in the lineup, and he is more familiar with what Wisconsin's doing. Wisconsin has some different lineup combinations this year. Uh, they have better chemistry this year than they did at, at this point last year. But, you know, Wisconsin, through nine games last year, was shooting 30.7% from three. This year, they're at 41.8%. Uh, over the last nine games this year, uh, Wisconsin free throw attempts – their free throw attempts are up almost 40. Um, Trice is up 36 from 10. Davison up 34 from 21. Trice and Davison are getting to the line and they're hitting shots from the line. The free throws, uh, the percentage from this team, 
is exceptionally well, like I said. But the assisted turnover ratio is really good, too, from the guards. Uh, there's consistency there. The Wisconsin's top three guards are taking care of the ball. Trice, Anderson, Davison, 69 assists, the 19 turnovers. Wisconsin is not being themselves. And that is the mark of a good team. That is the mark of a veteran team. And that is the mark of a team that could really do some damage in the Big Ten and has already done some damage by knocking up Michigan State in East Lansing for the first time in 16 years. And that's the reason why we're doing this podcast, to celebrate that achievement because you don't know what's going to happen again. You have to enjoy it while it lasts. We will talk more about Wisconsin basketball. We'll talk more about the Dukes Mayo Bowl next week here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. For all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, log on to BadgerBlitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation. And enjoy the rest of your Christmas holiday weekend. Merry Christmas once again. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you soon here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.